Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we supposed to get married? I'm gonna just swipe left. I just want somebody to share my life with. We're all looking for love, no matter if Correct. it was 1959 or 2022. Right. You can keep waiting for the fairy tale, or you can get on board with the new rules of relationships. If you watch me on the Drew Barrymore show, then you know this ain't your mama's love advice. This is Dates and Mates with Demona Hoffman. Hello, lovers. Welcome to another titillating episode of Dates and Mates. I swear, I just have always wanted to say titillating. (laughs) Hopefully I can live up to your expectations for that word. You know, dating's changed a lot. We've got apps, we got reality shows, social media. But if you talk to someone of a different generation, wow, the differences in dating and relationships are extreme. Like, way fewer options, way less premarital sex, And to be honest, way less dating, burnout, and disappointment. While so much has changed, some things stay the same in love. And that's why I have Kim Merstein and Grandma Gail of the Excuse My Grandma podcast joining me to break down the differences in dating for different generations. But we always kick off the show with news you can use. Our big headline today is... Here's exactly how and why you should soft launch your relationship on Instagram. Then later in Dear Demona, I have a question from a fella who says, I fear that once my matches know certain things about me, they'll think I'm too much for them. Ooh, it's a real one. You'll want to stick around for that. All right, friends, are we prepared to be titillated? (laughs) Let's dish. She's dating dish. Cosmopolitan Magazine tells us exactly how and why you should soft launch your relationship on Instagram. Let me back up a second because I know we have people of different generations who are listening to this podcast and some folks who are not even on Instagram that are saying, what's a soft launch, girl? Okay, a soft launch is casually introducing a relationship online without actually introducing it. So some examples of the soft launch are pictures that tease your coupledom to your friends and followers. And, you know, when Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker had uh, pictures holding hands but no captions or tag, or Zendaya and Tom Holland using the IG caption, my Spider-Man, do you remember that? And then we were like, what? What do you mean your Spider-Man? Your Spider-Man. Oh, girl, you mean your Spider-Man. That's different. It's different from a hard launch. A hard launch is posting a couple pic that's clearly featuring the other person with a caption to match. It's just an, a, an official announcement. But I think if you announce somebody, you're creating a, a whole digital thread. And back when Facebook was, you know, the number one social media platform, 
there was that option, right, of declaring a relationship and then getting all these comments. Like, I remember when a friend of mine undeclared her relationship and was like, and I think she didn't know that then anything you do on Facebook, if you don't change the settings for it being announced or, you know, they call in the tech world a push, it pushed to your friends and followers. If you don't change the setting, it's just automatically out there. So she just changed her setting to not in a relationship. And then all of a sudden that was on her wall and everybody was like, oh my God, girl, what happened? Like you might not be ready to have that whole conversation. She was just trying to discreetly change her status without making an announcement. And then it became a bigger thing. But on the other side, like sometimes then another person may post you, like this happened actually with my best friend. This guy posted some, I guess like a soft launch situation. And I didn't know she was dating anybody. And I was, I was a little bit hurt. But it turns out he was just really into her and it happened really, really fast. She was not ready for the soft launch. Really, it was more of a hard launch because he tagged her in it. So we have to really think about who else may be affected when you are posting on social media about your boo. Is And, and why are we doing it? Like, are we having our relationship for the public, for the outside world? Or are we having our relationship for ourselves? And why is that important to get that stamp of approval? Like, why do we even need the soft launch where like here we are holding hands and and now we've created a ton of mystery about who is this person and how did they meet and all these questions come up. Look, just hard launch when you're really together because I've been through this with a lot of clients who have declared on Facebook, like in a relationship with so-and-so who have a ton of pictures. I mean, you know, Kardashians, are they're masters at this. <laughs> like how many relationships of Kim's have we found out from social media? But then after... You have to process the breakup, but then are you going to go back and do a digital scrub so that it's not affecting your next relationship? And I think that complicates matters. So live your life, live your life on social media, but really ask yourself, why is it that important for me to declare to the outside world that I am in a relationship? Is it that you want to send a message to the you know, errant DMers that you're off the market and therefore stop with the DM slides? Or is it that you want to celebrate love between you and somebody else? Or is it that you're just seeking some sort of social media validation? And do you really need that? Is that something that is giving you more value than the relationship that you're in or the people who might be affected either now or in the future, about either your soft launch or your hard launch on Instagram. If you're determined to do a soft launch to your relationship, go look in the show notes because we will link to the Cosmopolitan article and all of the many ways that you can soft launch your relationship in a classy and provocative way. <laughs> Do those two words go together? I'm not really sure. Well, when we come back, Kim and Grandma Gail from the Excuse My Grandma podcast will be with me discussing the differences in dating for different generations. Stick around. You all know I get so many questions in from listeners, and there are so many things about our physical appearance that can make us really feel uncomfortable, really feel self-conscious about the way that we present in dating. And I've discovered that there are 
tons of people, millions of Americans are experiencing thinning hair. It's more than common. It's normal. But it's not openly talked about, especially amongst women. And going through it can really feel lonely and frustrating. But it's time to change the conversation and to join thousands of women who are standing up to their strands with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement. It's clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning. No pun intended. Those are stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism. And it does this through whole body health. Here's how it works. They have three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum, and menopause. I have definitely been through one of those before. Each of those formulas is physician-formulated using natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients. You know I love a good study. And in a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. Some more numbers. 3,000-plus top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. You, yes you, can grow thicker, healthier hair. And support Dates and Mates by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code DATES to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere. And it is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Promo code DATES. Let me tell you a story. When she moved back to her hometown, Gia never expected to run into Jack. But when she sees him at the local dive bar, she finds herself drawn to him all over again. You want to know what happens next? Or maybe you want to know a whole lot more? Check out this sexy story and many more on Dipsy. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter who you are or what you're into. Find stories about that intriguing coworker with a British accent or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. Dipsy also has sleep stories, wellness sessions, and now they also offer written stories. It's your go-to place to spice up your me time, explore your fantasies, or heat things up with a partner. For listeners of Dates and Mates, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Dates and Mates. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash dates and mates. Dipsystories.com slash dates and mates. Check the link in the show notes. Welcome back. If you are on the TikTok, you probably already know about my guests for today, Kim Merstein and her grandma, Grandma Gail. Kim is a content creator. She hosts the Excuse My Grandma podcast with Grandma Gail. They cover dating, relationships, and sex advice from two very different generational perspectives. So please help me give big smooches to the wonderful ladies of Excuse My Grandma, Kim and Gail. Hey. Hi, everyone. I am so happy that you're here. I have to tell you, 
I've done a lot of podcast episodes, and I had the most fun on Excuse My Grandma. It was such a blast, and I was like, they, these two have to be here to talk to Thank you. the Dates Thank and Dates audience. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, everyone you loved you on ours as well, yeah. <laughs> awesome. What is, I'm curious, what made you want to even start uh, the podcast and the TikTok and uh, the whole internet fame that you have now? I was working in media as like a reporter and producer. And during the pandemic in early 2021, I want to say I moved in with my grandparents in Florida. I normally am in New York City and I was actively going on dates. And my grandma's just like such a character as everyone listening will learn very shortly and was giving all of her two cents on like my dating life and kind of everything else, fashion, picking out outfits, all of that. And I was basically running your life. Yeah, essentially. Uh, which has been my whole life. But <laughs> I was like, why don't we record that and make it into a podcast and see if people like it? And they did. And shortly after we started on TikTok and Instagram, you know, that's making crazy. short videos. And that's kind of like our main platform now of, you know, I teach you different dating terms. We pick out date night outfits. We kind of do it all. Oh my And gosh. we're having fun. And we're having fun. So I'm curious, Grandma Gail, what do you think the biggest changes in dating are from the time when you were single oh to the time that Kim uh, was dating and under your roof, <laughs> under new rules? Well, uh, no, I have to honestly say that dating today is, it's the, we dated in the Neanderthal times. I mean, there was no such, we went out, I went out on a million dates, but dating was a prelude for marriage, uh, certainly after you got out of school. I mean, I'm not saying dating at 18, but by the time you were 19, 20, 21, and you were senior in college, you were already thinking of getting married. And the guys were too, because first of all, there was very little premarital sex. And that was a major difference in the late 50s and early 60s. If you wanted to go to bed with a girl or a guy, you knew that that basically needed the ring on your finger. and Because of the lack of birth control, well, also the societal society, norms. Yeah, your like, parents would never, first of all, you'd never be allowed, or most families would never tolerate that you move in with somebody. That, was not, that wasn't even a conversation. It was a very different world. And young people today rightfully don't live that way. Was it all wrong? I don't think so. Some of the stuff that we did were pretty good. We knew that if you were dating someone after three, four months and it wasn't going someplace that you thought it should go, you get on with it. Today, things linger on or you don't give that person the extra time that we did because we really, it was really getting to know one another and we had to do it slowly. We couldn't go jump into bed with somebody and say, oh my God, that's the greatest night of my life. That just didn't happen. And sometimes it didn't, you ended up pregnant. And then you were really in trouble. You either had to get married fast or whatever alternatives we sought. You know, it was a different world. And I think the girls and guys today have a, a better chance of finding the right mate because you have dated so much and have been intimate with more than one person. I'm so glad that you said that, Grandma Gail, because, you know, I'm I'm bullish about dating apps. I think that it has expanded our dating options. And a lot of daters today, particularly younger daters, I'm not picking on you, Kim, I swear. <laughs> a lot of daters don't realize how much opportunity they have. And they'll come to me saying, oh, well, I hate dating apps because I'm getting ghosted. I have these situationships. And, and there are added difficulties that come with the added 
expansion of your dating pool. So I'm curious, Kim, from your perspective, there are some daters that are kind of nostalgic for this old way of dating, the, the, the more traditional courtship process, or do you feel like dating is better for you today than, than maybe it would have been if you were dating 50 years ago? It's hard because I have days where I'm one way and days where I'm the other. I'm a true Pisces. I'm like two fish swimming in opposite directions. I'm such an old soul where like I romanticize Hollywood movies and that 50s kind of like courtship, which is why I get along with my grandma so well. But I'm also extremely modern in most of my thinking. I love dating apps and that's like one of our biggest differences. You're like, okay, family fix up. Like you have to know the person or your friend has to introduce you. I almost exclusively go out from dating app dates and I go on a lot of dates because I think I can choose best for myself because I'm the person going out with them, not my friend who's sending me up with them. And yeah, I think you said it great, Demona, of like, it's just another avenue to meet someone. I agree with you on that, even though I'm bullish on dating apps. And I think a lot of times people will say, I just don't do dating apps. And it's like, well, like now... That's where the majority of people are meeting their partners. So just to completely swear off one area of dating seems a little bit short-sighted. Unless you know yourself and you know that it doesn't work for you. Like I wouldn't not do something because you're like, oh, there's a stigma around it. I don't want to – I hate when people say, I don't want to tell my kids I met my husband on an app. And I'm like – why? Like, it's not better than like, I met them drunk at 3am at this bar in the West Village. Like, I don't get why that's any better. Like, at least you're choosing the person on some level, but you're allowed to not be on it and make that decision for yourself. You just have to, it's personal. You can, or you can come to Demona and she'll Yeah, exactly. Or go to an expert. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way. (laughs) So you've been out here in these dating streets, Kim. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you could let us know what the red flags are that you see in dating? There's so many. Like, I feel like that's every conversation I have with all of my friends of like how many red flags you can get to before you fully stop because it's never just one. Probably like just someone who's kind of like selfish and not prioritizing either you or dating in general. So like they'll, you're so busy with work. They you know, have a boys night on Saturday so they don't have time for a date. Like just coming up with the excuses and not making dating a priority, I think is like an obvious red flag, but like one that I feel like is the most important. I agree with you. And the second one would be someone that doesn't like to share in family situations, sort of a control freak. I'm curious, you brought up how sex has changed. What do you think about sex on the first date now, Grandma Gail? I don't think you should ever have sex on the first date. Tell us why. Because first of all, sex is still an emotional issue and it has more psychological ramifications for women than it does for men. That's proven, that's written, that's, that's fact. So women really, if you're having sex with a man, have much more personal feelings. It's just not the act itself. It's an emotional act. It's commitment. It's a lot of stuff. It shouldn't be a thank you. It shouldn't be a lot of things. It should be that you really have an emotional connection with that person and you want to go to the next level. To me, meeting somebody and understanding somebody is level one. Number two, perhaps would put in the sex, put in that that sexual element. Kim, I saw you nodding your head. Do you agree with Grandma Gail? Um, 
I agree with some of the things that she said. No, I I agree (laughs) that if you do want it to turn into like a longer term relationship, there is no rush, and like you can wait till date five or whatever it is you feel comfortable with. Um, But I do say to her all the time, like not everybody wants that, and if they just want are looking for like some sexual gratification or like to have fun, and they don't want to be in something serious, they can have sex whenever they want. And you agree with that? I agree with that. Just make sure that everybody is sexually safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. But yeah, I'm like pretty on that note, quite traditional too. Where it's like I always tell my friends, like it's better Mm -hmm. to wait. Mm -hmm. So, Kim. What do you look for? I know you and I had a little bit of a differing opinions on texts and the use of emojis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want to know what your rules are for texting and what are any texting or communication red flags that you've seen before. Okay, well, I guess first with the emoji situation, I just find it so cringy to use any emoji except I'm going to give like a few exceptions here. I kind of like want to look at my well, like the mostly is, is all the right, th- isn't it? I don't know because I do this all the time now. You showed no, me no. to do that. No, no. If you like the message, yeah. that's different than okay. sending the emoji oh, of the thumbs. The emoji sure of the, the thumbs right up is kind of rude. But like liking the message I feel like is fine. I I'll put up with the eye roll emoji. I feel like that's fine. Um the smirk emoji I like. When guys use hearts, sorry if this is like controversial. I just don't like that really. Oh like, no! <laughs> like oh, if, a, if no. a guy's like, "Okay, good night" with a heart, I dated some guys like that. Oh, I'm like, so sweet. A heart? You yeah, think it's what too you like kitty? To to put a gorilla mushy? there? It's too mushy. Oh. I get it. I get it. I feel like I can send a heart, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, no kissy face. What else? That's why I, you're not married. Yeah, because you're not sending hearts. I don't know. I don't like. Yeah, I think I only like. Oh, wait, this is saying so much about me. I only like the smirk and the eye roll. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> this, is, this is terrible. Yeah, that's not good. Well, that's all I'm okay with. Um. So, in other words, no emojis. <laughs> so, no emojis. Yeah. So, essentially, none. But how do you read? Uh, you know, I've said that I like. A emoji for mood mod. It's a mood modifier. Yes. It it adds context to what you're saying. So how do you read between the lines when you only have text to go on and you don't really know that person yet and their sense of humor? I spend hours overanalyzing them with my grandma. <laughs> but no, I totally I I agree with you. Like em- emojis as mood modifiers. I feel like I should think about that more but like even if you add like the crying laughing emoji or something it's like I think I could still read that the wrong way true if someone doesn't understand your sensibility they could read it the wrong way but then it makes me wonder if you have that much trouble communicating and they don't like that sense of humor in you then maybe that's a difficult fit I found when I dated my husband he was just a terrible texter. Like he just was not, he was just not good at texting. And you know what? He is still a terrible texter to this day. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't well, matter. People don't change. But there's people some people change. that really put emphasis on it. Like if they're not good at texting, I won't even go out on the date with them. No. Oh. You don't feel, you don't buy that. Does that happen, Kim? I don't buy that. Yeah, it happens all the time. Oh. Um, I actually was just talking about this in therapy where I was like, uh, I text this guy and like it was someone I went on like one date with, but 
he like responded to me like four days later, but with like six paragraphs. And I was like, that's just weird. I can't be in a relationship like that. And my therapist was like, I actually think that's better that he sat down and spent the time to like formulate a good response versus just like getting back to you in the moment. Unless you had a plan and you're trying to meet someone and they're like not responding. That's not okay. But like versus just someone kind of like haphazardly being like, what's up? Like that doesn't mean anything. And I feel like we put so much emphasis on like our digital relationships matters a little bit, but like, I just think the in-person one matters so much more. It does. I can tell you that from 15 years of marriage later, (laughs) It, it doesn't matter that he is not good at texting. I have tried to get him on board with what you have Grandma Gail doing, like the liking. Just let me know you (laughs) saw it. Just like it so that I know that like we are having an exchange. Cause like if you just read it and I'm like, I don't know if is like if I'm like, pick up the kids and respond, then I I need a little bit of the feedback loop. Of course. Yes. But it's it is part of it. Like I used to say, Grandma Gail, I used to say texting is for information and not conversation when I started coaching. And I still believe that. But I I've had to modify it because it's really so much a part of our communication culture today so we can't we can't ignore it yeah and you need some banter otherwise like it's not fun like it needs to be a little bit flirty over text otherwise like you could be texting anybody you could be texting anybody i feel like there's been a lot of stories about you know catfishing and you know the tinder swindler and west elm caleb and all of these stories of people who are not who they say they are and that's a huge difference grandma gail from you know, when you when you were dating, you know, it wasn't right. like you're meeting random strangers. You you were kind of a few degrees of of separation, separation. from. Yeah, or or if we did meet a, a person, we had a reference. There would be no way you'd go out with somebody who somebody else didn't know. It just wouldn't happen. And I still, unfortunately, agree with that uh, because I feel more comfortable that you know where somebody is from. Maybe they're a cousin, a relative, somewhere along the way, you've touched base with somebody that knows your date. I think it's scary. And I think that's one of the hazards of online dating. You don't really know. You don't know if it's his real picture. You don't know if it's his real story. Uh, There are so many unscrupulous people out there, unfortunately, today, that you have to be a little more careful. And um, I'm sure the dating apps are doing the best they can to screen, but people are constantly fooled. Uh, so I think young men, young women have to be vigilant. It's the wild west out there. So how are you, how are you fixing this for Kim and for her love life? Are you I'm not fixing anything for her life. She does a good job on her own. Fortunately, I haven't been catfished. Uh, so I can't like really comment. It's probably because I do do like a, a good amount of due diligence. Like I usually will cross-reference with all of their social media. So like I'll look them up on Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook or whatever to see, um, one, if like their job is what they say it is, two, who our mutual friends are. And if there's a lot of them, fine. If there's one of them, sometimes I will reach out to like that one friend and say like, hey, how do you know this person? And like do you think we would hit it off? One time like when Hinge first launched – you know, it was all hinging on your Facebook connections, yeah. right? And I had somebody that had a date with someone that I I only knew very, very casually. But I was like, I'll be honest, I, I thought he was like kind of nerdy. And, and she was a really cool 
she was a really cool lady and she was like, do you know this guy? And I I didn't want to be like, oh, no, yeah, right. because who knows what people are into. And exactly. my, my interpretation of him was kind of nerdy. I mean, like, I I married, you know, a... a a, a bit of a nerd my, myself. So I didn't want to I didn't want to shoot it down, but I was like I can't say anything negative about him, but I can't really say anything positive, so I was just like you go for it. Go. You should go. Exactly. It didn't work out. But yeah. I but I didn't okay. want to be the reason that it didn't work right. out. Right. I know, right? but that is so hard cuz like and there's some people where I I asked friends before and then after I'm like why did you not tell me that like they or like weird or whatever it is. and okay, but, but you know what? Because there's nothing really wrong with them. They might be weird for you. With somebody yeah, else, they were perfect. A thousand percent. But like my friends know me. So oh. why would they not know that it wouldn't be a match? Mm. Well, because, because I think you have to be a little open-minded. You never know. Yeah. Well, I always am, which is why like I do always go. You can't trust one person's opinion because also they could have bad taste yeah, in exactly. people. Yeah, it is a slippery slope. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. All right. I prepared a little game for us to play so that I could get to know you both a little bit better. I've never done this on the show before, but um, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Have you ever played the game Never Have I Ever? I have. Okay, I have Really? Okay. <laughs> so normally you it's like a drinking game and you would be drinking if you have done the thing. But instead, since we are recording a podcast and a lot of people are listening to the audio only, if you've done it, you just say me. <laughs> yeah. If so, so yeah, exactly. This is always that people always I get always so confused. I know. Um, if Demona says something and you have done the thing, you say me. You say yeah. If you yeah. haven't you done say it, me, you don't say, say Miguel. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we're gonna find okay. out some things about all of us. Are you ready? Oh my gosh. I'm scared. Never have I ever. We'll start. We'll start small. Never have I ever kissed on a first date. Me. Me, Demona. Okay, all three of us. <laughs> yeah. I did. Actually, my husband, I kind of had a rule and I kind of broke it. <laughs> but it kept it interesting. So you usually would never kiss on the first date, you're saying. And then, like, what changed? No, no, usually I would, Kim. And uh, then I was like, I, right before I met my husband, I don't know if we talked about this on Excuse My Grandma, but I was doing a dating plan for myself. I called Operation Date Nice Guys because I was trying to change the kind of guys that I was dating. And so in my mind, I was like, a nice guy would never kiss you on the first date. And yet he did. And he is a nice yeah. guy. It didn't say I don't think there. that's true. I think like a nice guy's kiss on the first date. Uh, I just, I don't like kissing on the first date because you don't know how the other person feels. Like the person who's not initiating. What if they lean in? No, but you don't. If they Give lean into five. you, I wasn't gonna lean in back. So okay. wait until I've accepted a second date where you know it's like a mutual All like right. of each other. That's a good point. That's a good point. It it just surprised me. It surprised me, yeah. but then I was intrigued because he did seem like the quintessential nice guy. And then I was like, wait, do nice guys do this? Apparently they do. Okay, <laughs> here's another one. Never have I ever done more than kissing on a first date. Grandma Gail? No. I mean, like, in call... Are you supposed to say no? Oh, no, shoot. You're supposed to say no. You're failing the whole thing. It's hard. Okay, okay. It's hard. You can say no. Grandma Gail, come on, spill the beans. No. No? Okay, so just me. I'm I'm the only one hoeing out here. No, no, that's your your thing. That was my thing. That was my thing. Um, Never have I ever lived with a man before marriage. 
again, it's just me. It's just, <laughs> it's just me. It was You're out there. <laughs> it was actually a big point of contention for my parents because we had been exclusive. We had been dating for like uh, three years. And so I knew this was coming, but we actually, Grandma Gail, you're going you're gonna to shame me. I can already no. feel it. I can already feel I'm looking away. I can't you feel make it. eye you contact. Look away. What is it? What'd you do? I, we bought a house together before we were engaged. Oh, God. You need our prenup lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little late for that. That's it. All but right. But we knew that we, I knew that he was ring shopping and we had okay. been talking about it. We were building the future and I did not, we were kind of just for fun going to open houses and I was not expecting to find a house that I wanted and then we found our dream house. So he ended up proposing the night of closing oh, on the front porch. very cute. But it could have gone sideways. It could have gone bad. It could have gone hated bad. It. They loved him, but they they wouldn't talk to me for uh, the entire <laughs> month of closing. Okay, how about this one? Never have I ever been on a completely blind date. Not like an online date, like a blind date where you didn't didn't know anything about the person. Kind of. Ooh. Like when you set me up a few weeks ago, I didn't have. I didn't yeah, have that, that much information. Date. That was a blind date. Like I barely had, I had like one blurry photo. Does yeah. that, I guess that yeah, counts. Yeah, that counts. That's a blind date. You were yeah. on a blind date. You were just going based on the recommendation of Grandma Gail. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot well, of I guess I, I guess I have two. Tell us. Blind dates. Yeah. I, I guess I have two that nobody that I really didn't know anything about. Tell like us. your friend set you up? No, I think family. Fr- yeah. But you've been married now. I think now. my husband. I think my husband was a blind yeah, date. Technically, right. It was a blind what? date. I didn't know him. I didn't right. go to school with him. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, how did you meet? Tell us about it. Family. Uh, my uh, my uncle and his father were in the Navy together. So that was during the World War II when they were having an anniversary and um, they were at a party at their home and they said they had a niece. He said, well, I'd like to meet her. And that's it. We met. So it was basically a blind date. Yeah, right? I yeah, guess. it was Weren't a blind the, date. The, the, and we had no pictures to compare. We had nothing. You had nothing. Yeah, that's crazy. You were nope. just going on the recommendation. We went on family recommendation. Correct. Wow, that is stepping out on faith. Um, never have I ever given out a fake phone number. Me. Once a week. <laughs> you, you do it. <laughs> it's actually really mean. And my, my friends are always like, why don't you just give your correct number and then not respond? And then my friends who really know me, they're like, because she would feel like she has to respond because I cannot be mean to people right. once I'm actually in the situation. Like, if you have my number, I'll probably end up like dating you for six months because I cannot <laughs> say no. So I have to give out the and fake number. she can't number. break up. Yeah, I cannot break up. She's having an issue going and she has an issue breaking up. I know. I actually thought you were going to say that you hadn't because I find that a lot of younger daters, they're like, nobody's even asking for phone numbers. They're just like, they just are like, what's your IG? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm harder to give a fake IG. Yeah, that's so Unless you have one. I mean, maybe you do. Right, unless you have a Finsta. But I I think (laughs) for. Yeah, actually, though, there's less commitment with the Instagram because someone could follow you and then DM you and then you could just be like, I didn't go through the DMs. Anytime I'm out, they ask for my number, not like my Instagram. It's very proper. What about you, Grandma Gail? Never? (laughs) Well, we didn't have telephones. (laughs) We only had landlines, so nobody had a walking telephone in 1959 when I graduated high school. Let's do one more. Never have I ever... Fallen in love. Me. Me. You've fallen in love. 
Oh, I thought you say no. If you it, say you say I hope you're yeah. playing this game wrong. It's, it's you say me if you've done it. Oh, me, me. Right. Oh, I was in love a lot of times. A lot. Okay. okay. A lot of what? times. What? Yeah. Is there more that you yeah. want to tell us? No, no. Because those guys could still be out there. I think most of them are dead. <laughs> to be very true. See, and this is why it's so fun listening to Excuse My Grandma talking with you two. It's just like I, I feel like I'm with my own grandma and and I love just seeing how dating has changed over from generation to generation, but how what really stays the same, right? It's it's communication and connection. I feel like that is ultimately what still drives humans to this day. Together. We have to, we We're need. all looking for love, no matter yeah, if correct. it was nineteen fifty nine or twenty twenty two. Right. Thank you so much for joining me, Kim and Grandma Gail. You all absolutely need to be following Excuse My Grandma on Instagram, on TikTok. Go to excusemygrandma.com and definitely, definitely listen to their podcast, Excuse My Grandma. The links will be in the show notes. In a moment, I will be back to answer the following listener question. I'm afraid to share some personal info with my match. So what should I do? Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Here's what I love about doing this show. I love that you trust me. You trust me with your heart. And that is really the most precious gift that you can give me and wonderful honor that I get to sit in this seat. And so that is what really fuels me to keep doing the show and keep giving back and giving advice. And so thank you for being here. And thank you for sending in so many questions. I love hearing your questions and I love that you're not you're not just giving me like the softball questions. You're really telling me what's happening in your love life. So, with that, check out today's question. Dear Demona. Demona, help me. This is an Instagram message from a listener named Matthew. Matthew says, "How do I approach my disability and associated issues with someone I might be romantically interested in?" I'm currently single. I dated once many years ago with a fellow wheelchair user, and we shared similar difficulties. But since we broke up, I haven't dated anyone or met up with anyone new. I would love to be more approachable to women, but I have a fear that once they know certain things about me, they'll think that I'm too much for them. I'm afraid they'll walk away and I'll be left feeling rejected and hurt and worried that I won't ever find someone who loves me for me. Man, Matthew, I I don't know all the details about your disability and associated issues, as you say, but I have to say that I can certainly relate, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to this feeling, being afraid to open up and be their true self because they're worried that they'll be rejected or hurt or worried that they won't find someone who loves the authentic them. That is such a relatable situation. And I'm sure it's only amplified by your disability, but I'll just bring it back to something that I say on the show time and time again, and why the tagline on my website, demonohoffman.com, 
says love as you are because there's one thing that's not really changeable. I mean, we can we can shift our behaviors, we can shift our thoughts, but a lot about us is is not really going to change. And you certainly shouldn't even for a second think about changing yourself in order to be more lovable, more palatable, less rejected. I know this because I've lived it, Matthew, you know, as a person of a biracial background, um, not just any biracial background, black and Jewish, growing up in the Midwest, not easy. It certainly was not the same as uh, being a wheelchair user or, you know, navigating the disability that you're living with, but it definitely made me feel othered a lot of the time. And it wasn't until I really leaned into the things that made me me and became more my authentic self that I was able to attract authentic love. I have coached wheelchair users and folks with various disabilities before on online dating. And again, I have to come back to truth and advertising. I got another question where someone asked about revealing personal details on their dating app that were like core details to their life and life circumstances. And they said, they said, if I don't reveal that and I match with someone a lot of times, once we start talking, they're more open to it. But from what I've seen, even if someone can warm up to the idea of a disability or having a kid or anything else that may be a block for them, I really see that as an unnecessary challenge for you to overcome in a relationship. I would much rather that you lead unapologetically with everything that makes you unique. And if that means that you are a wheelchair user, that's just a thing that is. And if somebody is going to swipe left on you because of that, then that's on them. That's not the person that is really going to be able to show up for you and be there for you when the times are getting tough. Now, does that mean that you want to put everything in your bio, like, and then I need somebody to help me with this, and this is what this looks like? No, of course, the specifics get revealed as someone earns that information from you over time as you get to know them. And I know you've heard this before, Matthew, but you know you are not limited by that chair. And you are enough. And you come to the table with so much to offer. If you operate from that fear that once they know certain things about you, that they'll think that you're too much because you were maybe too much for somebody else that couldn't see past that, if you allow yourself to be limited, then it will prevent you from approaching women. It will prevent you from dating someone new. And and that narrative will start to get more deeply ingrained the more that you repeat it and the more that then those beliefs form your actions. So I challenge you, Matthew, to think of all of the ways that you are a beautiful, loving person and that someone's life would be enhanced by having you in it. And to really like repeat that to yourself almost as a mantra Repeat it to yourself before you go out, before you approach a woman, before you even swipe on online dating and know that the right person will see all of that in you 
But you got to see it in you first and project that outward as well. Thank you for your question. And thank you all so much for listening. This is episode 429 of Dates and Mates. I love getting your feedback. I got a fantastic email from a listener named Geneva. Y'all have to hear this sincerely because she she like breaks it down. So check out what Geneva had to say. She says, Demona, I wanted to thank you for how much you and your sage advice have helped me and in turn, many of my friends. Several people know I have re-entered the world of dating after years of marriage. Everything about dating is different this time around and they all feel lost. I happen to start dating a slight bit before them, so they've all come to me for advice, and I have pointed every one of them to your podcast and distilled some of your top tips into a short list for them. I tell them to, one, create a list of the three to five must-haves, two, create a list of the three to five deal-breakers, three, I say don't let a first date go on longer than an hour and a half, which usually means no dinner. Geneva has got this. And then four, she says... Give anyone who doesn't have their deal breakers a three-day chance to see if they hit it off. Look, Geneva is out here taking notes. And I also got a DM from Rosie who said she listens to my podcast with a journal. (laughs) So I'm here to help you and support you. By the way, the Dating Accelerator program officially, officially has begun, but actually it's not too late. Our first class is on Wednesday, September 21st. So... You miss the early bird. You miss the regular bird. You can still get in as the late bird if you sign up before Wednesday at thedatingsecret.com. And you'll get those tips, but also a lot more as my team and I help you navigate specifically through each step, each dating loop, each step of the dating process. So thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. And thank you so much, Geneva and Rosie and all the people who've taken the time to DM me or send me their questions for the show. You can always reach out. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Demona Hoffman. You can also text me your question at 424-246-6255 or leave me a voicemail. I love to hear your voice. I love to know which guests and topics you love, and I love to know what's on your mind in dating and relationships. Next week, I have something very exciting on deck for you. Any Indian matchmaking fans in the house? Yes, the hit. Netflix show is a personal obsession of mine, and I'm so excited that next Tuesday I will be back with Nadia Jagasar of Indian Matchmaking Season 1 and Season 2. Until then, I wish you happy dating.